Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. Join my other Dudley boys, Michael Hapler from What Culture. Join me over the happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Uh, <laughs> we do daily wrestling podcasts. We're not interview SmackDown, but some The show formerly known as NXT Two Point. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. Running a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, here, joined by Michael Hamlet to review this week's episode of SmackDown New Year's Revolution. Actually, you know what? That's it's not fair to compare this episode of SmackDown to cinema. Nope. I'm gonna compare it to music instead, because if this was an album, it'd be some 41s, all killer, no filler. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. <laughs> when you said New Year's Revolution and played that straight away and you hear that like weird recordery flute thing, it made me think of like, is it the Revolutionary War where they had like pipes as they were riding oh, the yeah. horses? What are you bringing to battle? Pipes? <laughs> Just want a weapon or anything? No, I'll take the pipes, thanks, mate. It's a song. It sounds like it'd be perfect for a film company's... You're going to be all right? Yeah, I've just got a dr- little drum. Right, <laughs> fine. Won't go for me. What about you? What about you, Dave? Big flag. Probably just take a big flag, if anything. Not bringing any blunderbuss. Now I've got two sticks. Wasn't that now old-fashioned form of weaponry, eh? <laughs> Cinema. Music. No, no, well one. This was just good old-fashioned, honest-to-goodness sport. And I can't think of any sport that was better than this on Saturday. <laughs> so that's why SmackDown remains top of the old a sporting tree. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, I always feel like sometimes we're keeping people out of the loop. There's some people that are not as into some of the niche things we're into. I'm, of course, comparing it to AW Collision. But uh, <laughs> SmackDown was great. It was really good. Sunderland lost to Newcastle, in case people are unaware. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> nice you bring that up. I'd forgotten all about it. It was, um, SmackDown was the kind of show where if, how can I put this nicely about people that still believe that the Fed is bed? Uh, if you don't like, I understand everybody that just are predisposed to never really been able to feel WWE in their guts because mm. of WWE's presentation. And well, I, Kevin Dunn's left now, so you welcome back. <laughs> I don't think they will ever change enough about themselves to get people there. Mm. I think they will look at people that can maybe accept good wrestling, good booking, whatever, as a 7 out of 10, an 8 out of 10. Sid normally says around an 8 or a 7 is the highest he can get when it comes to feeling things for WWE. I don't think WWE will ever do anything, anything, that can get those people to Mm. a 10. But nor do they really try. Nor do they they really try. What What they do now is service those that can feel a 10 out of 10 for a WWE show of any kind and say, like, should we try and do it? Should we try and do it with everybody? Should we try and do it with groups of people that you've never, ever felt more than a five for? Yeah. And put them together in a stable and see if we can locate a ten. Yeah. Should we take a Should we take a wrestler who, for 20 frigging years, was like almost developed a reputation mm-hmm. for silencing crowd with matches so boring that wrestlers <laughs> couldn't wait to work with him because it's like a night off in there. Yeah. I know it looks like one as well, <laughs> mate, as a viewer. And like somehow maintain this furnace reaction when he's out there. Can we take a guy who everybody is looking at and being like, 
love the promos, love the charisma, love the confidence. The matches aren't there, and they just never will be, and that's why you can't be a top guy. And the company looking at me, we'll take that bet, because we might be able to do this. Look at a guy uh, who's just sort of had this nice run in WWE, but has not really left matches on the table that compare to what he did in New Japan, that compare with the legacy built for himself as like a TNA original like, and to be fair, like, in his money years and as he entered his 40s, why would not start calming down? He'd be like, can we just put him in hot action? Maybe we can. And then you've got, like, a all black. Uh-huh. Like, they are going to, for those that do feel like that WWE can get a 10 out of 10, they are almost, at this point, WWE's booking for me, Triple H is almost testing himself with these characters to see if, you know, the best example is later on, but... Like hit row, did yeah. Like B Fab seemingly dropped. Like the relationship they were kind of potentially teasing with, or maybe not, but seemingly yeah, yeah. dropped. And it's like, I but like Shanty Donis is right there. We could at least try, and he's really like, good. I'm watching the effort mm. being made into giving almost everybody something to do, and I will accept that sometimes all a good Raw is, or all a good SmackDown is. It's obvious booking competence where, because I'm letting it play out now, and I actually mean that phrase, rather than just being told off for it decades back. Personified, by the way, by Jinder Mahal coming out on Raw. Let well, it play yeah. out, guys. Well, indeed. Like, nobody anymore would have been like, oh, there's WWE trolling us again. Nobody. Everybody knew that it was The Rock because Jinder arrived. That's the switch from yes, where we were yeah. a few years ago. Because I'm letting things play out, and because I encourage people to let things play out in WWE now, whereas I wouldn't have done this a few years ago, when somebody is on screen and when you're like, oh, this is a bit weird. It's not just what the frigs Vince McMahon come up with now. It's like, well, let's see how that goes. Maybe that will work. Maybe it won't. Maybe a bunch of stuff that was attempted on the SmackDown will ultimately come to nothing. Maybe a certain stable that we will get to will succumb to the fact that none of them are that good. Mm. Right? Maybe that will be the undoing of the stable. And yet, I don't think, I think you'd be a fool to just like immediately... Like, put your thumb on it and say, well, that can't work. I'm fascinated Kill that, they do, flick yeah. that away. I, I just, like, I can't think of a character that featured on this show, and I'm sure I'll be exposed later on as a big fat liar, and there'll be somebody that I've not asked about. But I, on this particular episode, it, was, it just struck me that it's Royal Rumble season. 60 wrestlers mm-hmm. are going to appear across two matches, and right now on these rosters, it feels like everybody's got something to do because 60 wrestlers do have something to do. What are you doing for the Royal Rumble? I'm thinking... Wilborn, don't know how you are for this, how you're set for this. I was thinking Saturday, maybe like Saturday night time, might get the old train ski mm-hmm. through to uh, to Newcastle. I might have a stroll to the What Culture offices in Gateshead. Oh. You ever, ever been there? I've been, yeah. And uh, if you fancy meeting me, I thought we could put it on a big screen. Uh-huh. But then, twist, we could have a camera set up. Go on. On us while we watch it. What? I know. We could put it on YouTube. Go on. We could have some interactions with some people in like a live chat. Yeah, okay. Like kind of capturing our reactions, almost like almost like a stream mm-hmm. that's happening live, right? And like throw sweets in the air and try and catch them in a mouth. Bingo! If you're doing that, then I'm doing that too. <laughs> Only like three weeks, isn't it? I can't. I cannot wait. Yeah, really I looking forward to that. I saw it's a lot finally dis- Christmas Day. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a lot of discussion over the weekend of like a really enjoyable 90 minutes and then they sort of dropped the ball at the end and that sort of put a dampener on everything. Whereas there's an actual argument to be made that there's actually some galaxy brain to all this and long term it's going to pay off. But enough about Chesterfield deliberately losing to Watford so he can concentrate on winning the National League. Let's talk about this episode <laughs> of SmackDown. Um, <laughs> God. It started with a video recap. Of The Rock, obviously returning on Raw, and uh, all the excitement around Stay that. Stay in all day and just watch SmackDown. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, head of the table line is, is replayed, and mm-hmm. then we see uh, my tribal chief and the wise man appear, and you actually don't hear what, hey, Kayla asks, but it doesn't matter, because Roman Reigns just laughs it off and pulls him and just looks at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, more on them a little bit later. And we open with the final of the US title tournament. It was Santos Escobar versus Kevin Owens. 
with uh, Logan Paul in a preposterous jacket yeah. um, there to provide commentary what's watching who whoever he'll face at the Royal Rumble. So Logan Paul comes out before the, the match even starts and also before the match even starts, uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild, Joaquin Wild off the uh, greatest spot of the year actually <laughs> uh, on NXT last week, jump uh, Carrillo and Angel Garza to get rid of them and I like Santos is just... Oh, <laughs> but now I have to have a fair fight with yeah. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens immediately capitalized on this. Cannonballs him in the corner, hits a uh, frog splash for a great early near fall. That takes us to a break. When, we're in, when we come back, Kevin Owens is in control, but he takes a moment to, to stare at Logan Paul, uh, and that allows Escobar to recover. Owens goes up top, and Escobar cuts him off and slams his injured arm into the ring post. He targets the arm to Santos, um, Owens goes to the outside. Escobar hits a tope suicida and, and a bit of a pose. They go back in. Owens catches Escobar, though, coming off the top uh, with a nice DDT. Um, he goes up top. Escobar's up there with him. And it looks like Escobar's going to hit the su- superplex. Uh, and commentary's like, <laughs> Corey Gray, to his credit, is like, Logan, don't even try and superplex Kevin Owens. Logan Ball's like, why? What happens? Grace goes this, and uh, <laughs> Kevin Owens does that counter that he yeah. always does. That takes us to another break. When we come back, Owens is going for a centre, but Escobar gets his knees up. He hits the double knees and a Frankensteiner from the top rope. He also hits the splash for a two count. This happened quite a few times, but the crowd just remembers, oh, yeah, Logan Paul's there, and he sucks. So they chat at him, and he holds up the title mm-hmm. and gets the appropriate reaction. Uh, Escobar puts Owens back up top, step up in Zaguri, Um but uh, Owens comes back, rolling sent on from the second rope for a two count. Goes for a stunner. Escobar rolls him up, but uh, Owens kicks out, hits a super kick, and after a couple of goes, hits the pop-up powerbomb and the stunner. One, two, three. Kevin Owens wins the US title tournament. He will go on to face uh, Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. Post-match, Logan Paul got on the mic and went, Ooh! <laughs> Well done, Kevin Owens. You won the you know title mm-hmm. uh, tournament. Sorry, now you'll face the greatest US champion in history. Look at you, all sweaty prick. <laughs> I've held this title for sixty-two days, and now you haven't even broken a sweat. Um, and he gets in the ring, and he he basically says, <laughs> "You thought a Canadian could win the United States Championship? There's more chance of the Canucks winning the Stanley Cup. That's the local sports team. Yeah." Uh, it's never going to happen, basically. And you know why it's never going to happen? Because, Kevin, I am Logan. Boom! Kevin Owens chins in with the uh, the uh, surgically repaired mm-hmm. hand, knocks out Logan Paul and stands tall. Do you know, we booked quite a... Um, and not in a way that we were particularly critical either, but we booked quite a uh, fussy and like overbooked conclusion to this tournament based on some of the moving parts mm-hmm. in it and like well how do you protect Santos Escobar in defeat because we both assumed Kevin Owens was going to win this yeah. elements of this tournament were a little bit Tony Khan pilled I think in that you could kind of see yeah. what the final was going to be pretty much from when they laid out the graphics and you had a feeling Owens was going to win because Owens and Logan Paul has been the match that they were teasing before the tournament came yep. to be so like that that is both praise and criticism because they kind of showed you Kevin Owens and Logan Paul long before they were intending to deliver it, and now here we are, and he's won the tournament, and now he gets his match at the Rumble. But I just think there's so much to like about how, ultimately, how unfussy the yeah. the booking was. Like, this was a com- uh, committed bit of booking on behalf of Kevin Owens, but WWE has never been, I don't know, maybe ever, but certainly not since, oh, like, the 80s. I can't think of a time when it's been so confident in its booking of losers. Clean losers. Yes. Santos Escobar has lost a match and a big match at that. And now he has to go back and he has to look in the mirror and he has to regroup. And presumably he's going to be even more pissed off that his plan A, which was to use the interference, obviously was taken away by his former friends in the LWO. And that builds that. And then they can say, well, hang on. But I thought you didn't need any of us. And now you just need new people instead. And he's mm-hmm. going to say, no, that's not the case because he's a heel. And they, you're off and running. You know, and like, they're obviously in action next week. Against, yeah, yeah. And he will do something about that. And, that's, and then Carlito's going to come. It all makes sense. That is cooking very nicely. And that's what happens when you, again, book with a little bit of conviction. A good, ma- a good match, not a memorable one in a first week of January with about four earnest match of the year contenders. Yeah, nice. So Jack Becky Lynch was quality. Indeed. I don't think it, uh, I don't think it stuck out as one of my favourite matches of the week, but I just really like the booking. And yeah. Kevin Owens using, like, halfway through the match when he started 
like so this this like wrist support thing he's got. It's they're like walking a tightrope where it's not a cast because that's heel yes. stick. If you're cheating you're using your cast, but well, unless you're the big show against Triple H. Well, indeed, but that's like the biggest. That's like awesome. That they, you know, you've heard the phrase like plaster of Paris. Yeah. I'm assuming Paris had no plaster left <laughs> when they made that cast for the big show. Wacky giant props. Bring them, so good. Bring them back for uh, big show's big chair. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that thing he's got is you can like just about walk the tightrope with him as a babyface. But what it does do, which I hadn't even thought about, is that it levels up his punch to being as powerful as Logan Paul's metal... They're going to do a double KO spot, aren't yeah, they? they? Yeah, they are. Um, and I'd never considered that as a detail about that match, and I thought to be shown that here was quite nice. Yeah. Um, we get, or we got, I should say, I'll just mention them all now, great video packages throughout the night on the three people vying to uh, mm. qualify for the world title match at the Royal Rumble. Randy Orton, AJ Styles, LA... Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lash and the Street Profits make their entrance to go to a break. In amongst all this as well, Logan Paul's walking backstage, icing up his face. Uh, and his new best mate, A-Tan Dan Ander, goes, uh, you're right, Logan. And uh, in comes Cameron Grimes to just laugh at them. Uh, he gets shoved by Grace and Bloody Waller to set up a match between the two of them next week. Uh, and we return to the ring for the Bobby Lashley Street Profits segment. Um, Lashley welcomes everyone to New Year's Revolution because you obligatory have to have someone <laughs> welcome people to the show. Um, Lashley says, look, 2023, probably the toughest year of my career in WWE. Didn't get the results that I wanted, but the highlight was hooking up with the Street Profits. Uh, and our the New Year's uh, resolution is simple. We're going to fight for and take everything we deserve in 2024. Uh, Montez Ford says we're going to take full advantage of every opportunity when it comes to capturing championships. And Angelo Dawkins basically reminds the Judgment Day to keep their head on a swivel. Uh, and Lashley says, my personal goal for 2024 is to get back to being the almighty. And as a result of that, I am declaring myself for the Royal Rumble match, which already looks absolutely stacked. But before they can wrap this up, Karrion Cross's music mm. hits and he walks out and there's Scarlett. But also there is one Paul Ellering and a returning AOP sneak into the ring, jump the Street Profits from behind, carrying cross, brawls with Bobby Lashley. Uh, the AOP hit that super collider of theirs on the Profits. Cross hits his knockoff F5 new finisher on Bobby Lashley and this new super group of Paul Ellering, Scarlett, carrying cross and AOP stand tall, it's a weird combo, but I'm fascinated by it. One negative, so I'll get out of the way first. Cross's clumpy dumpy finisher looked turd, bin it, or never demo your new finisher on a Bobby Lashley of all people, because you don't look like you can pull it off. So what is it? Like a pump handle F five? Yeah, it's exactly that, right? It's a pump handle F five, but like the trouble it took to get Lashley up. Uh it's because Bobby Lashley's massive. Yes. Like, it's what, impressive nonetheless. Do you want Montes Ford? Yeah, like, like I know he'd already been battered, so I get why he had to target the leader of the group. I do understand that, but wrong finisher on the wrong man at the wrong time. It looked crap. Bin it. Try something else. Not least because half of it is an F five, and people are just like, well, yeah, Brock does that better. Yeah, so you're an inferior. You, you're just another inferior somebody else. And Wardlow does the alternative better. Yeah, Karen Cross has like carried this tag around since he's been in WWE that you're not quite as good a. Insert wrestler here, and he just added another one to his list. I know you can't always do the wick, wick, cross jacket. No, not that's f- not an impactful thing. That's choking someone out. I think that this was primed for a half decent hidden blade. Yes, a visible blade. Good point. Because he could have just been laid like and sat back up, tried to kick out from the attack that he'd been laid on him, and then he just wallops him or something. Anyway, we got what we got. But I'll not be negative too much longer because carrying cross and the authors of pain do not inspire a great deal of excitement in me, and I imagine that's the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But Theme of the show, let this play out. WWE kind of on fire in every respect. This stable might work. Yeah. This stable might work. There was a, just a, a good feeling about them visually. Paul Heyman being back with Authors of Pain tells me that... Paul Ellering, abs- sorry. Sorry, Paul Heyman. Paul Ellering, that's the next step. Paul Ellering being back with the Authors of Pain tells me that was absolutely a Vincent Mann call. Yeah, it doesn't work without him, does it? It was the wrong one the first time. So glove. Yeah, it's, they tried them with frigging pissy pants Drake Maverick. They tried it, <laughs> they that, tried yeah. it with Seth Rollins in a van, remember that? Yeah. Like, the no, it's it's Paul Ellering. He was always the guy that made that act work. Two managers is... It's, it's weird. I want to look at it. It's weird. How, like, how long will this go? This was really economical and effective as well because before the attack, they like is WWE the listening company. They basically just 
had Bobby Lashley stopped being a twat to the Street Profits and made them baby faces. Exactly. You have just dealt with every single criticism I had about that group in one promo. And then now as he's just a nice bloke who's bought them new suits. Yep. And then as established baby faces, they've been beaten up by the new stable who want to make an, a statement by using Lashley and the Profits. I can't find fault with the booking. I just am um, cautiously letting both things play out now. I've got a name for them as well. Go on. Off the back, uh, and again, I'm not sure. I never know half the time these conversations that we have, whether they're on podcast or off podcast. Yeah. Right? Bobby Lashley. Yeah. The Street Profits. Mm-hmm. The Lash Street Kids. Oh, my God. I've got one for Carrying Cross and the Authors of Pain. Good, because I have no idea. Got this right. Carrying Cross. Brian, uh, by the way, you know what to do. Yes. I'll be plug in that if you want. <laughs> you wouldn't make a good plug. Thanks. I like that. Who would I be in the Bash Street Kids? Danny's got a little square face. I was going to say, there's the one with the... Wilfred. This is from the Beano. If, I don't yeah. know if Americans get the Beano. Wilfred had his little nose over his jump. Yeah. Yeah. Looked like Claudia Winkleman in one of them episodes of The oh, Traitors from season God. one. Oh, my God. Do watch The Traitors. Uh, right. Go with Not me the on. US version. Go with me on this one. So, obviously, when he does the wicked, wicked cross jacket, he targets the neck, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Used to go by Killer Cross uh-huh. for the carrying. Killer, attacking the neck. Authors yeah. of pain. What do you author? You author a book. What is a book full of? <gasps> Killer by the neck. Hangmen page. <laughs> Any questions? I mean, who do you want to be out of these? These wacky bastards. Right, we're looking at the Bastard kids. Let's take a look. See what I mean? Like, so Danny and Sid are kind of... These two. It's weird that Sid and... Cheers, toots. Are <laughs> twins because Danny and Sid look completely alike. Smithy's thick as pig <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could I could be fatty right now. It's January. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> If that, if you put his head that's on Ur- Plug's body, that's me. Yeah, I, Herbert, we're pointing out here. Herbert on Plug's body, that's fair. You're quite I a love, good player. I love him. Who's him? Uh, Wilfred. Oh, I love Wilfred. To be man. fair, like, Plug's... Plug's I love Wilfred from season one of the, the Traitors as well. Indeed, Wilf. Plug is an ugly bastard, and you are not. But in every other aspect, you put... Uh, you, yeah, you plug... Like, big ears, got big ears. I like Spotty's tie. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, I just like it. It's really long. It's <laughs> wacky. Um, I, I think I'm... I could, Danny's the leader, and I could never be a leader. I'm Sid. Okay. I'm Sid. Like... Of course you are. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sid is probably... Uh, maybe Sid could be Wilfred, actually, you know. Because mm. he was always quite smart and insightful. And this even could be a Sid, Sidney. He's got... Yeah. We've got all of that. I didn't realize. So I didn't. Re- I only knew Plug, if I'm perfectly honest, yeah. about that. So the kids' names are Wilfred, Danny, Smithy, Spotty, Herbert, Plug, Sydney, literally Toots, yeah. Toots and Fatty, and the other one's just called Fatty. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was always the names. Uh, so and then that was Cuthbert. Um, Suspicious, suspiciously similar to the teacher. Yeah, yeah, that was never on there then, eh? Yeah, teacher who's was this one as well? Uh, <laughs> coming up. To- oh, that's uh, so right. So teacher, do you know what? Do you know what the teacher's name is? Teacher, teacher, brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what the head's name is? Head, head. <laughs> so do you know what this guy coming out the floor is? Janitor. <laughs> okay, no. right. Well, well, last one, last one for you. Pop quiz hot shot. There, you'll notice that the cat is wearing a janitor's hat mm. because that cat is the janitor's cat. Uh-huh. You know what the name is? Janet's cat. Janet's cat. <laughs> and weirdly, is this so? Like, I believe the Beano and the Dandy are Ugh. made in. Uh, they're made in the same office, by the way. This is uh, like sorry to blow this one wide open for you. This is the, the one night of the year where uh, yeah, the Dandy characters collide. <laughs> so I think um, it's either in Dundee or Dunfermline or one of them Scottish places that you know because you watch the football scores coming in. Yes, um, I think it's Dundee, and. I, like I feel like I learn words that we never said. We don't have janitors at UK right. school. We have caretakers. Yeah. But like, is that a Scottish thing? I wonder. I might ask Murray when we go back into the office if mm. like Scott because Americans have janitors, don't they? Janitor. Janitor. But yeah, we have caretaker. But I that's janitor. Beano birthday special edited by David Walliams. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you at all. 
Banana Man from Bino. Dandy. Uh, he's one. He's the one exception then. <laughs> Banana Man. Where Dandy? I will. I will allow Banana Man. But I, like Dandy characters, uh, you had Desperate Dan, obviously Corky the Cat, obviously they're the kind of like your upper tier. Mm. Banana Man. Winker Watson, he was patter. But like, Winker Watson was a thinking man's Roger the Dodger, basically. <laughs> it's like, who can uh, come up with the funniest schemes? Bino had Ball Boy. Remember Ball Boy? Football. Oh, yes, I do actually, of course. Bino had Billy Wiz. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Billy Wiz guy, yeah. I'm a Billy Wiz. You know what I loved about the Bino and the Dandy? Uh, evidently, you can tell quite a lot from when I was younger and this knowledge that I've got. Wizard and Chips and Beezer and all the other knockoff ones. One of my, uh, I think I just thought in life that when you got older, the consequences of your action were an absolute brutal slippering <laughs> off an adult. Yes. Didn't look on. But the reward for anything you did good, and I love this phrase to this day as a result, was a quote, slap up feast. Yes. The contested of a tray that like you needed to, uh, we like trays, like, a, but like not a tray that you were sitting in front of the telly, like one, like this, the bottom end of a, what are them silver? Yes. A galosh, is it? I think so, this big silver tray. Serving thing, yeah. The bottom end of that, full to the tits with mash and sausage and sausage sausages sticking out of it. Like, to the point where I once for the kids made them bangers and mash for tea, right? And it was just sausage mash and some veg. But because it made me laugh, I stuck the sausages out of the mash. Just to be like, let's see what this looks like in real life. And I put them in to be like ears, but the mash didn't quite have the structural integrity and the sausage just went, Bleh. Do you know what it's actually called? Because I've just seen on Reddit, uh, someone had this as a meal. Uh-huh. Bash Street Special. Yeah, that exactly. We're looking at mash with sausages stuck in it. And Whoa, things. look at that one. Right. Frank Cotterell Boyce. How, like, so, right. These bottom layer ones is what happened to my sausages. <laughs> and these middle layer ones what I wanted them to be. Yeah. But the mash just didn't have the structural... Inter- there, look at that. We are looking at a rasher, Dennis's pet pig, not to be confused with Nasher, no. his pet dog, or Nipper, Nash's kid. Never, <laughs> never, met, never met them all there. Rasher, this picture that Will Bond's pulled up, is having a slap-up feast, right? Five pies. <laughs> you Googled being a slap-up meal, I yeah. love that. One, two, three, four, five pies, locked... Like, it's, it's a Christmas tree of chips. Right? Mm-hmm. Fries, for our American listeners. A Christmas tree of chips, if you imagine that, and the baubles uh, are pizza slices, <laughs> a fish, <laughs> and, we know it's, and we know it's a battered fish because it is the full shape of a living fish covered in batter <laughs> yeah. and five pies. What, um, what do Americans call baubles? Ooh. Did they just call it decorations? Decorations. Christmas uh, ornaments. Yes. That's the one. What ornaments and toys did you put on the tree? The bauble, mate. Or bow. <laughs> Back to SmackDown. Right. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there's a WWE Women's Championship match. Yes. Far ex- not to be too, you know, no, no. ruffle yeah. hair. Far exceeded my expectations. We went in knowing Yo Sky was going to retain against Michin, yeah. obviously. But I thought Michin put in a, a, a phenomenal effort and arguably had me on some of the near falls because she just was really good in this. That's one of the bumps of the week on the floor, and I say that in the week that Takeshita fought Darby Allen, and Jesus Christ, yeah. it was one point. Ah, like. So Michin actually takes control early on, gets a few roll-ups, um, but Sky comes back with that standing double stomp. Uh, Sky ends up on the outside, and Michin hits a huge dive through the ropes to take us to break. When we uh, come back, Sky escapes a powerbomb, but uh, Michin gets her with a gut wrench suplex for a near fall, which gets in a half crab. So Sky has to crawl to the ropes. Uh, they're fighting on the apron, and Sky hits a nasty German suplex on there. Ooh. Sky follows that up with a springboard shotgun drop kick, tries for her over the moonsault, but Michin gets up the knees uh, and hits a dragon suplex for a good near fall mm. as well. Sky goes back up top, Michin cuts her off. Uh, they're. they're both fighting up there, basically, and it ends with Meechin hitting a second rope styles clash. Mm-hmm. And just at the last second, Eo Sky gets her hand on the bottom rope to break up the pin. Sky rolls to the outside. Meechin goes for that dive again, but Eo Sky channeling Samoa Joe just walks off. Ugh. Meechin just eats it on the floor, crawls over to the barricade to prop herself up, and gets hit with a meteora out there. Double knees in the corner when they get back in the ring from Eo Sky over the moonsault. One, two, three. Great. Great. These had fantastic chemistry. I never uh, bought a title change, if I'm 
being totally honest. Yeah. Um, but this wasn't... I don't think that these had the match in them that could make me buy it, partly because of time of year, partly because of where Meechin's at as a challenger. So they just thought, well, let's just graft and kind of like take you out with the fact that this is a title match and wow you with the stuff we're going to do to one another. I loved... So like the, there is an absolute squelch when Meechin hits off that dive that she misses. And it's gross, but I recommend people go track it down because <laughs> it's like me. Meechin wants you to watch this and be like, Jesus Christ, what a bump she took. The apron suplex was just as brutal. Yeah. And I love her going for that second rope style clash. You know, the um, the idea that obviously AJ Styles has returned and he's like going through his goth phase. Mm. Like it, it's beat for beat what happened when he returned in TNA going through his goth phase. Yes. So he kind of knows what he's doing here. And we saw before when the bloodline took him out, the whole thing was... Like, the OC didn't really care. <laughs> yeah. And then when they actually did it, Meechin was the only one that, like, really wanted to fight for what they'd done to Styles. Yeah. Gallows and Anderson are like, well, he kind of got himself in that bother. And she was like, oh, come on, lads. And that now... risk opposition in this company. Yeah. <laughs> She's, like, now reaching out to AJ Styles with this. She's like, look, you taught me this, and I want to pay tribute to you by trying to win the match with this. So I love that as just a... It's nothing, really, but it's, it's like throwaway in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. AJ's not going to come back to the OC, but I love that she's such a good baby face that she's trying to reach out to him anyway with this. And I'm going to use your move and I'm going to win the title with it and doesn't get it done. So I thought that was just an added nice detail. EO looks super dominant by the end, which yeah. was really cool. Like a really, really nice bit of business. This. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Then we uh, have Paul Heyman backstage cutting a promo um, about, well, everything that's been going on, basically. He says, uh, the, Ra- the Rock name dropped Roman Reigns because The Rock wants to sit at the head of the table, but you have to be invited via a dinner of relevancy. They're going to have a dinner of relevancy on the road to WrestleMania, aren't they? I feel like it's coming. You've got Le Dinner Debonair to top. <laughs> and uh, can you top the song and dance routine? That's what I wonder. Yes, indeed. Uh, but The Rock is not going to be invited to this. Uh, he continues by saying there's two ways to guarantee going viral in this world. Date Taylor Swift or call out Roman Reigns. We've seen it lots. Roman Reigns wins a match, out comes John Cena. Roman Reigns wins a match, out comes Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns beats Cody Rhodes, and he's still talking about finishing his damn story. He's not forgotten. Mm. And that's always reassuring. <laughs> yeah. It's less concerning than it used to be, but I always want to just be reminded, you do remember Cody, don't you? Mm. You had that spot where you just walked past each other and everyone went, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, And then Paul Heyman drops CM Punk's name. CM Punk comes back to WWE after 10 years. Welcome back, says Heyman. He talks about being the OG Paul Heyman guy, which he is. And then I upgraded from best friend to advocate and upgraded from advocate to wise man. He's not done bad for himself, has he, boy? He's not. He's not. This was... Well, I'll talk about the end. Right back for a bit. Um, (laughs) But he says, tonight, Orton, L.A. and AJ Styles are going to fight for the privilege of getting smashed by Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. The same way whoever opposes Roman in the main event of WrestleMania. Do you think he's going to be in the main event? Who, Roman Reigns? Yeah. Stands a chance. Probably, yeah. Uh, he's going to be smashed by your tribal chief. Smashed 
by your head of the table, smashed by the undisputed heavyweight champion in the world. You might have worked out that I really enjoyed this program. Yeah. And Heyman says there isn't one man, clue mm-hmm. for later, huh? on the face of this planet who could beat Roman Reigns. Good, this. Really good. He got across a lot of stuff. Um, there aren't it's many. quite good, isn't he, Paul Heyman? He knows what he's doing. I definitely think there was like a few years where Paul Heyman was... He had these in his locker, but often he was on autopilot. I like when Paul Heyman has stuff to say, because the problem with Paul Heyman is is that he can polish up any old turd. Did he ever do one on Jinder? Yeah. He destroyed him. He basically... He talked AJ Styles beating Jinder Mahal into existence, because it's like... It was basically a Paul Heyman version of it. You take the piss, mate. <laughs> yeah. like the, it was just, this was the kind of thing where for years, Paul Heyman would have so little to say because there was so little build. It was always wrestler A is ready to challenge Brock Lesnar and they're going to have the match. And then Roman Reigns. He did well with the Balor one, I remember. I, no, he had he has, he has had them in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he could absolutely put somebody over. And then with Roman Reigns, it's it's better, but it's, it's sort of been a pivot, really. It's ra- rather than a, a change, it's just been a sidestep where it's he's still kind of covers a lot of the same ground. Yes. Roman Reigns is the best. See you Sunday. And like, and he doesn't need to do much more. But he did have a lot to do here. Like, he was on task. Mm-hmm. And it was quietly setting up the Fatal 4-Way match at the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. foreshadowing it. And then, in just the most exhilarating fashion, name-checking the three big names that nobody can quite figure out how, they, how we're going to get to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. right? We did WrestleCulture on Friday and lost probably the f- I would recommend people go back and watch it or listen to it <laughs> but we lost the first half of the podcast of trying to like solve the puzzle of WWE's road to Wrestlemania Paul Heyman didn't help you solve it he just made you want to keep trying to solve it yeah it's Gerard and Lampard in the centre of England's midfield well indeed but in this case it's actually going to be a satisfying outcome <laughs> like Punk Rock and- versus Sven in the main, <laughs> main event night one Punk and uh, Rock and Cody are the ones in the conversation and all have kind of like their own different validity, mm-hmm. you know? Like there are different narrative reasons for A, B, and C. I think there can only be one outcome. But like for me personally, and I say this is like the biggest punk guy, still got to be Cody, but everyone has a like a reason to potentially be in the Roman conversation right now. The Rumble will clean some of that up, one would assume. Yeah. So this is the time to keep that conversation buzzing. Sort of inspired this. Mm. Like... After Raw, when The Rock came out, there was some dread from those that desperately want Cody. There was some excitement from those that are just glad to see The Rock back. But everybody could sort of universally agree, wow, Triple H has got a hot hand, hasn't he? Mm. Oh, my God, heading into WrestleMania. Like, what a situ- what a selection headache this is. And Paul Heyman just laid the selection headache out for you. Like, well, let's turn that. Should we just turn that into content? Yeah. Should we just use a character to tell you that we're absolutely hot sh- like that. <laughs> and he did. And it was just that little, it was exposition without feeling like it was smashing you over the head mm. with just how, like, kind of, I don't know, like how sort of on fire WWE is. And I just thought that was like Paul Heyman mentioned CM Punk for the first time. And you're like, oh my God, mm. yes, Punk's here. The things that, like, what's that? Um, is it a Dr. Dr. Seuss thing? Like, uh, like all the places you'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that in WWE, like, all the places will go in WWE in 2024 if even three quarters of this stuff can oh. play out as we think it probably will between now and December. All the places will go this and year. And it doesn't really matter because Gunther's waiting in the shadows. All the places will go. <laughs> um, speaking of exciting storylines going forward, EO Sky's walking backstage celebrating. Sorry, here's me parroting the words of Dr. Seuss when really what I'm doing is, like, proclaiming the words of Dr. Fed. <laughs> Damage Control run up to her, congratulate on her. And Bailey says, look, this has always been part of my plan. I saw greatness in all of you. You know, uh, EO's era uh, says Sky is never going to end. Bailey said, keep talking about her plan. Uh, Asuka and Kairi saying you're going to win the tag titles. And I'm going to win the Royal Rumble match, says Bailey. But then here comes Bianca Belair. She says, look, congratulations, EO Sky. I couldn't help but notice you were talking about the Royal Rumble and saying you were going to win it. Well, that's not going to happen because I'm entering into the Women's Royal Rumble match. And she leaves, and Dakota Kai's like, probably should take care of her. And I thought they meant in the match, and then it, in the Royal Rumble match, and then they announced next week it is, or this week, I suppose now, Bianca versus Bailey. This yeah. is the beginning of the end for Bailey and damage control in my eyes. This is it, isn't it? Like, again, a bit like what we were saying about um, Santa Escobar, you could beat, you could credibly beat Bailey here. Um, there might be damage Kataral 
in inverted commas, botched interference, but you could beat Bailey and Bailey sort of want with all the will in the world to win this Royal Rumble to get this title shot, but feel, and I, I can't do it. I cannot do this. Like, my friends aren't with me. I don't know who I am anymore. Bianca Belair just marches forward. Like, Bianca Belair has lapped me, if you barely, that, that kind of feeling. You could book it that way. I love Bailey saying, I mean, I love Bailey end of sentence. I love Bailey saying that she's going to win the Rumble and challenge Rhea Ripley because this is her, like, fighting to keep damaged Katarl alive when they aren't doing the same for her. No. And they are not considering that, well, when they do kick Bailey at the curb, if she has won the Royal Rumble and if she has got this golden ticket, it's Eos guy's ass. Yeah. And like, I, I just love that so much. This, the arrogance and the obnoxiousness of the heels to assume that they've already kind of dispatched of this waste of time. Like, to the point where even if Bailey wins the Rumble, they'll just think, oh, yeah, good for her. Well, she can go and fight Rhea Ripley and then at least she's out of our bloody way and not see what's right in front of them. And us as a fan base rooting Bailey not to challenge to Rhea Ripley, but instead to take what she deserves, which is EO Sky's title. I, I really, really like how this is potentially playing out. I, I am so excited that we're going into a Royal Rumble where Bailey is our favourite rather than my favourite. Yes, exactly. That's what I like about this. Imagine if when they do turn on her, whether that's before the Royal Rumble or after or whatever, or after this... Do you think she wins it? I like that. I know, you know, Becky Lynch is... is, an, But she's won the Rumble before. Mm. And it was bloody convoluted. Yeah. But she's won the Rumble before. I want to see Bailey win a Royal Rumble. Yeah. I want them to turn on her before that because it seems dumb to turn on her after winning the Royal Rumble. I'm sure they'd make it work. Yeah. But I also really like the idea, as you were talking there, of damage control, kicking Bailey out of the group... After hugging her, there's some lovely yeah, symmetry nice. there. Or if Bailey's not going to win the Rumble, if she's down to like the final four, mm. and also is in there is let's just say Asuka, for example, and Asuka's like we should team up. But Bailey, during the course of this match, has realised, I think I'm a baby face now. Yeah. Imagine if she eliminates Asuka and herself by hugging her over the top rope. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Come with me. The hugging segment, you know. The, it, it struck me what I believe should be the reveal. Like, I started, like, fantasy booking Bailey winning the belt. And I like that hug thing for the turn, by the way. But I'd thought of a segment where Bailey wins the Rumble and has already said she's going to fight Rhea Ripley, but has watched on as this group effectively try and kick her out while, like, in, in plain sight. Like, every week, they just, like... They kind of like keep themselves themselves. They know that Dakota Kai can understand them, so they're kind of luring her to their to their side as well. Damage Kataro has been just taken from Bailey, and there's kind of nothing she can do about it. It's happened in plain sight. And then she reveals that she's been wise to plan all along because on the slide she's been learning Japanese. Yes! And she challenges Eo Sky in Japanese to the title match at WrestleMania. What's that? Oh, it's like uh, Game of Thrones, yeah. where they reveal that um, Khaleesi it's can speak... Yeah. yeah, like like the idea that like, and what they can do is she can speak Japanese to her and like you can see Io and Kyrie and Asuka's faces all dropping because they're like, oh my God, she's understood what we've been talking about all this time. And the fans can, we're not completely dense, so we can pick up that that's happening. And then Bailey in Japanese, like says WrestleMania points at the sign. So at this point, we're all completely clear what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the reveal. Like, and that's how Bailey gets her agency back. Instead of saying Dracaris, and then, you know, everyone gets set on fire, she says Dracaris, and the Bailey buddies pop up. <laughs> uh, Mother of buddies. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, boy! Yes, boy! It was time for Pretty Deadly versus Butch and his mystery partner that we all thought was going to be Tyler Bate, and was! Yeah. Tyler Bate uh, makes his SmackDown debut? Could be. I mean, it's his main roster. Like it's popped up on the on Raw maybe once. Aye, there were, he, I think he did when they used to have the uh, 205 Live segments in the middle of Raw. Oh, yeah. Going, going where it has been that long he's been in the How system. Uh, seven years in the Jeez. system. He won the United Kingdom tournament in January 2017 as a record-breaking uh, champion for his age at the time. And seven years later... Um, he gets no reaction yeah. when he gets called up. Like, there's no way to frame this other than, like, kind of an unmitigated disaster, really. But I guess the future starts now? Yeah, they kind right. of turned... I, I thought, felt the same thing. They brought him out, and everyone went, oh, it's Tyler Bate. Yeah. Um, I was excited, because love Tyler Bate. Mm. But, yeah, it's one of those things, yet again, another example of, 
just because, I mean, loads of people are watching NXT, <laughs> uh, but it does not translate automatically to, no. oh my God, that's the guy from NXT, unless it's the Raw after WrestleMania. And it's like, basically. how long have they not been watching the various iterations of NXT to not really care? Why haven't they been watching it? Because it's the best show of the week. Now I get it, yeah. Um, but in the course of the match, I think they did establish, A, a great team with, with Butch and Tyler. Maybe it's just like his look as well, like the hair and the beard. He doesn't look like the Tyler Bate that won the title. No. They're like, wow, Trent Seven's looking well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, Tyler Bate is Butcher's new partner, uh, and he early on works a headlock and hits some of his signature offense. Uh, it's not much of a reaction, if we're perfectly honest. Yeah. But pretty deadly play arseholes brilliantly. Uh, at one point, Kit Wilson runs in and gets his fingers done by Butch, of course. Uh, and Bate and Butch takes to a break, hits stereo dives. When they come back, uh, pretty deadly are in control, though. Uh, I think it was Elton Prince working over Butch. Butch fights out of it, though, suplexes him. Um, Wilson comes in to try and stop him, but he gets over to the corner to Tyler Bate, who uh, gets the hot tag, cleans house, European uppercut from the second rope, hits a standing shooting star press. That gets the crowd kind of into it, and then he does the airplane spin, and suddenly people are invested mm -hmm. in this match. Um, pretty deadly, get a cheap shot in. Um, I think Kit Wilson looked like a sort of twist of fate he went for. Yeah. Can't hit it, though. Butch tags in Bate, and they hit a double Tyler Driver at 97 for the one, two, three. Yeah. Again, um, I, I can't pretend that this is like 10 out of 10 booking, but it's like the ceiling is 10. We're just starting with a six. Yes. Like they've squandered kind of some of Tyler Bates' best years, is that, but he's 26 or whatever it is. So there's plenty of time to make up for that. I think he's even younger. He might be 24. I'm sure he was 17 when he won that title. Like, let's say, let's split the difference to say 25. But either way, there is a, like a wrestling lifetime. 26. 26. There is a wrestling lifetime left to get this right. And it was quite nice to see by the end that they're going with British Strong Style. They're going with, uh, like, Tyler and Butch and just going to see if this can work. Pretty deadly remain just two of the best people on this entire roster. Like, what great utility players are. Like, the pretty deadly are because they can take a loss like this and they can come back next week swinging and be more frustrated about it. Mm -hmm. Like, calling the Brummy Brutes. Love it. Absolutely love Some it. From Dudley, but... That's close enough, isn't it? There's one Bromley route and it's Tony Mowbray. Welcome to Birmingham. <laughs> um, I think as well, like we've said this about um, Pretty Deadly before, but the year they're probably going to have in this in this tag division um, is just one of several things. I think, not everybody will agree, I think you can start getting excited about the um, the next iteration of the w of, w of tag team wrestling in WWE. Yes. I think, like, keep Butch and Tyler Bate together, tag team. Street Profits, back as baby faces, with Bobby Lashley just actually liking them mm -hmm. rather than being arseholes. You've got to go with the Street Profits probably as, like, the natural, like, replacements for the Judgment Day if and when the Judgment Day separate yep. as tag team champions. Um, I just feel like the tag division is ready again. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think it's gone away particularly, but, like, Usos and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn took it to that WrestleMania main event level. We're not there again. No. But clearly there are building blocks in place to, like, have a, to knock together a pretty decent division going forward. Um, I can't remember what the SmackDown GM's name is, but he's yeah, backstage me, yeah. um, with Ashanti the Adonis, who says, I'm kind of feeling lost. Obviously, it's all gone to pot. Mm. Um, but I've been ready. I just need an opportunity. And uh, the SmackDown GM says he believes in Ashanti, and he's got some ideas and that's all we see for now. SmackDown GM's really good, isn't he? Mm. Like, I like this for Shanti Adonis. Again, theme of this episode. Uh, were you doing cartwheels for what you saw? No. If you allow WWE stories to play out in front of you and have faith in the process, do you think this might work? Yes. Mm. Like, that was the case with so many wrestlers on this show. And the SmackDown GM is the best WWE authority figure um, of the last... 20 years, maybe? <laughs> Smackdown GM, uh, Postman Pierce, Mike Adamley. <laughs> Top three. And then you're going all the way back to Commissioner Foley in 2000, probably. Because, well, he's booked a um, bit of a preview for the Smackdown preview mm. and the Smackdown preview catchphrase. Um, next week, Wild and Del Toro versus Angel and Umberto. Grayson, Bloody Waller, and Cameron Grimes. Mm -hmm. And Bianca Belair and Bailey. Well, the thing is, the SmackDown, Will Bond, mm -hmm. is that you get all this and so much more. 
Stick around for Friday. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, main event time, though, was the triple threat. It was, I know, uh, AJ Styles and Randy Orton uh, to see who faced Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Um, I think AJ made his entrance and we went to break. And when we came back, it already kicked off. And it was kicking off. Um, Styles is beating up Orton. Knight attacks Styles, takes him over the top. So then Orton takes him over the top. Everyone's on the outside. And, uh, well, I was going to say they take turns. It's mainly Randy Orton dropping people on the commentary table that does not move. Mm. Uh, back body drop on Knight and Styles. And Knight again. He goes for it a second time on Styles, but Styles counters and drops Orton on it. Um, Styles runs uh, LA Knight into the ring steps, and the crowd are already well into this. Orton's in the ring. Um, Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, but Orton hits the ropes and knocks him off and cuts him off, uh, hits the draping DDT on AJ Styles. Um, the crowd are just so behind Randy Orton at this point. Sets up for an RKO, but LA Knight pulls him to the outside, runs him into the ring steps, uh, and Styles hits a running drop kick on Knight on the outside. Everyone's down. We go to another break. We come back. Styles hits a back body drop on Knight for a two count. Orton gets back in, but Styles just kicks the crap out of him. Uh, Styles runs Orton into the barrier on the outside and then slams his head into the ring steps. Uh, Knight fights back when we get back in the ring, though. Um, takes Styles down. Orton comes back in, but Knight beats him up into the other corner and hits a side Russian leg sweep on Orton. Fires up, does LA Knight, but Orton stops him with a snap power slam. Mm. Same for Styles. Uh, Orton goes for an RKO, but Knight counters out of nowhere into the uh, BFT. The ref's counting one, two, but before he can count to three, Styles doesn't break up the pinfall. He just grabs the ref arm to stop yep. him from counting for three. No DQs in this, and he doesn't, as uh, Corey Grace pointed, didn't actually hurt the referee. He just stopped him from counting the three. Um, so Knight and Styles get into it, and Styles hits the Pele kick on LA Knight, drops him, goes to the apron, sets up for the 450, hits it somewhere in all this. Um, LA Knight's got bloodied up, by the way. He mm. got busted wide open, just looked. Oh my God. I think he might have been off AJ's knee. Yeah, probably. Or like Aaron Elbow on the splash, I think. Uh, regardless, LA Knight kicks out at like 2.9. was a great kick out there. Styles sets up for the Styles clash, but Orton breaks it up. Um, and uh, Knight going to the outside, obviously, again, done in here. Styles sets up for the Ronald forearm on Orton, and you're like, here we go. But no, Styles actually hits it. But as the referee's counting, this time LA Knight pulls the referee to the outside to break it all up. And this is the moment that the Tribal Chief decides, and now we're going to come out. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns music here. He comes out flanked, of course, uh, by his main man, Jimmy Uso. And uh, <laughs> Solo's occur, and they storm down to the ring. Solo attacks LA Knight, who's already like, come on, guys, I'm already bleeding profusely from my head. Uh, Uso and Reigns attack Orton and Styles. Sokoa clocks Orton with the steps. Uh, Reigns hits a huge powerbomb on AJ Styles that looked awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't remember whether the SmackDown GM, I forgot what his name is again, uh, was there at ringside the whole time or whether he came out at this point. Came out, I think. Okay, came so out, I think. he's there to watch Reigns throw Styles out of the ring, hit a Superman punch on LA Knight and hit a huge spear on on him. Finally, let's take out Randy Orton. He hits a spear on Orton as Solo Sokoa. They do that combo thing. As Solo Sokoa hits the Samoan spike and they're just everyone's down. The whole match has been thrown out and the SmackDown GM, again, forgot what his name is, tells Paul Heyman, nice work because no one's won this match and your boy has now got a fatal four-way for the world title at the Royal Rumble match. And Paul Heyman looked concerned by this, but I have a theory. But what did you make of the match? Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God, indeed. Uh, just quickly on the finish, by the way. Isn't it amazing how you can do an... I'll not give you any more work to do. An F-word finish when you don't do it with every single match. Yes. And actually be effective. Like... Uh, yeah, that makes sense why they didn't do anything with the EO match yeah, as well. Like the EO match, the Kevin Owens, Santos Escobar final. Yeah. Like there was... Everything was just like committed booking all night, winners, losers. And generally speaking, that's the case in across WWE now, as it is in AEW, and that's why they can do it too. Like when you've got predominantly winners and losers and finishes, every now and then you can do this. Mm -hmm. I like the agency that they've given the SmackDown general manager to just simply not take this. Mm. Like, did Roman Reigns believe he was going to be different to every wrestler that has tried to do this thing before and taking the guys out and think, well, yeah, I know normally this ends in the guys being given a multi-man, but I'm the tribal chief. You mm -hmm. can't do that to me. This is like the second week in a row where the GM's, I'm not going to be, like, I don't know what you've dealt with previously. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Postman Pierce has let you get away with, neg, neg, neg. <gasps> but, like, 
I'm not going to let you do that. And this is like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to smash uh, the SmackDown gym in the face soon, by the mm-hmm. way. Like, he's going to get a Superman punch. And I think that's going to matter. I think that's going to factor into a story somewhere. I can't work out where. But, like, SmackDown GM is not afraid of the bloodline and will not have his show run or ruined by them. And I think that's very interesting because we've never yet had an on-screen character do that. Again, Triple H, one week it's like, well done, Roman. Smartest guy in the business. Kind of look like me, actually. Smartest two weeks later. Roman's such a freaking coward with a new belt on Raw. <laughs> yeah. Make mind up, Paul. Like, we're not getting that from... SmackDown GM. I think he did have his mind made up, and then, yeah, he came back for a bit. <laughs> yeah, not one bit. Love that. The match. The goddamn match. Oh, right. White I, hot. So friggin' piping hot. Um, allow me, if I may, briefly, to use this match as an excuse to go on a soapbox, because I didn't go on one about something that I was alerted to on X when I was off it over Christmas. Uh-huh. I got a few DMs off people, and it was really nice that they did this as well. Where's the effect of, Hamlet, when you're back on Twitter, you might have missed this, enjoy. And it was either various clips or various moments from CM Punk's Madison Square Garden return. You! <laughs> I my DMs on WhatsApp, yeah. right? Um, and it was like, you know, he's on the house show tour and all of that. And those, I was look, I was clicking those links. Thank you to everybody that sent me them. Watching those links, watching those little clips. Oh, lovely. Just really like sort of uh, earnestly like warm uh, moments between Punk and the fans, like Punk going full cornball against Dominic, and it, it great, like the black gear because as I, and I did a bit of digging into that by the way. Uh-huh. I think his gear was misplaced or lost or something, so like nothing yet. The big CM Punk gear reveal gets saved for the Royal Rumble oh. again, um, which again is just not stupid, is it? No, nope. he knows people care. Save it. Uh, he's best at heaven. He's best in the fucking world. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so there he is. He's out there and out saw. You, I don't know if you'd seen this, because you have far more of a life outside of wrestling when it's Christmas, that he was getting, you still got it, Chance, and some people were dunking on that. It was like, yeah, he still got it. He had it in front of 80,000 people. Yeah. You, you idiot Fed fan. Like, it was this whole, everything's culture war became a bit of a, <laughs> <laughs> these guys don't even know, like, they don't even know that he's been anywhere. In ten, they think he's been gone for 10 years. They don't know that he's been, like, doing sort of, like, transcendent work in AEW. And it was this, like, excuse to dunk on the supposedly thick Fed fans, whatever. <laughs> no, right? So what? So what? Uh, actor called Claire King was Kim Tate in Emmerdale and then took on another character whose name I don't know in Coronation Street, right? Nobody watching Coronation Street was expected to be like, she was there, Kim Tate on <laughs> Emmerdale. Yeah. Right? No. Actors in films, like, are the actor in that film, the character in that film. They're not the character from the prior film unless you're doing some sort of, like, mm-hmm. university. I know wrestling is different, and I know it's unique in that regard. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the hardcore sect of WWE fans that just watch WWE, not realising that Punk had been anywhere else. Mm. There is nothing inherently wrong with that. They are allowed to just like WWE and WWE alone. Let them, you dicks, you losers. Right? So I'll just make that point. Mm-hmm. But I make that point specifically because that is why that emotional tie to WWE and WWE alone, that is why this Randy Orton response thing continues in yes. earnest the way it does. That's why it wasn't just isolated to the Raw after WrestleMania. That is uh, after Survivor Series. That is why the fans are going so ape for LA Knight, even though he's like lost his title shot to Roman Reigns yeah. and everybody immediately went, well, that's him finished, right? That is why people are still connecting with this AJ Styles character because they didn't see the TNA they didn't even freaking see AJ Styles in New Japan. They just think this like really like cool athlete with mom hair has turned up at the Royal Rumble 2016. Who's he? Oh, he's brand new. Like he's brand new. like it. It just. I'm. I'm sorry. Like wrestling fans writ large, it just doesn't matter if uh, they've only seen CM Punk in WWE and didn't know he was in AEW. Equally, it doesn't matter if in AEW. Like, somebody comes from WWE and you've never watched WWE because you don't like it. And you've yeah. rediscovered American wrestling through AEW and you don't know who this person is. That's fine, too. Because check this out. <laughs> heads. <laughs> it's okay to only like one show. Let's flip it. Ooh. Let's flip it. It is okay to only like one. Why is that? Because they're frigging different. You know what happened on Saturday? Is that my football team played Sidgwick's football team. Twist, mother We only like one of them. Right? Because... They're different. Yes. They represent different cities. They represent a lot of different things these days, unfortunately for Sage. But like, <laughs> like, you know, like 20% of them are the poor bastard. But like, 
they represent different things. Mm. It is okay to only like one wrestling show. And to the people that were saying you've still got it, in their mind, it's okay because it makes a match as hot as this. WWE just want WWE fans to watch WWE, and there is nothing wrong with that. AEW would probably rather that some people were just like really locked into the world of AEW. I think it's great that Tony Khan has a more open attitude to like other wrestling companies and New Japan and this and this and this. But Randy Orton simply does not get that pop if wrestling fans have got other things to do. The people in that building paid to see yeah. Randy Orton and wanted to watch him. They are invested in the story of LA Knight believing in his crazy, egotistical mind that he can stop the bloodline. Like, you know what? Why not, mate? If you believe <laughs> that you can stop the bloodline, I'm going to stand in your corner and say, yeah, and back you to do it. And AJ Styles, like, going through his goth phase, having his awkward <laughs> teenagers, they haven't seen that before, some of them. They don't know that AJ Styles is like a 46-year-old man <laughs> that like, might start putting the lip out because he's not been given the opportunities that he wants. And they're just backing it. God almighty, I love watching fans loving this product. It elevated the living bejesus out of this triple threat. I'm not going to say the S word because I've given you enough extra work to do with the bleeps. This, like, I would have never booked this match in a million years, mm -hmm. and yet I'm watching it, loving it. I like... It's, you know, like the whole thing about, ah, oh, you know, when it's great wrestling, when you can watch it on silent. I'm going to change that as well. No, I'll just watch it with my eyes closed. Because, <laughs> yes. like, either moves are just LA Knight's basic stuff. The moves are AJ Styles doing, I'm not going to call AJ Styles work safe, but he's not uncorking the most dangerous stuff no. from his arsenal. But I'll watch it with my eyes closed and know it's awesome because it's hot. It's exciting. Uh, and the four-way was the match I wanted anyway. Yes. So maybe I'm speaking selfishly here, but like I wanted that four-way more than I wanted any individual singles I, match. And I felt like I was, even though I'd said that to you before Christmas, I felt like I was instructed to think it by the book. Yeah. And uh, you, it got teased earlier on, like we said with Paul Heyman, yeah. no one man can beat Roman Reigns. But I also think, and you can say you're reaching bro all you want because I wanted the four-way and maybe I'm, I'm giving them leeway because it's the Fed. I think this is some galaxy brain stuff from from Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. Yes, Paul Heyman looked concerned, but he's a very good actor. Remember that time he didn't shave and had a bit of a cry? <laughs> okay. Because... I'm listening. Akin to... In a different way, I talked about this on the preview, and I'm going to be a complete hypocrite because I said, well, you don't replicate something like that. Many, many moons ago, in NXT, it was Keith Lee versus Dijak, or whatever he was called at the time, mm -hmm. for the right to face Roderick Strong for the North American title, I believe. Yeah. And Roderick Strong got involved in that match, and people were like, what a dumbass, because now he has to fight both of them. No, they cancel each other out in Roderick Strong's eyes, because he can't fight one of them, because look at the bloody size of both of them. But maybe, just maybe, if they're both in there, I can nick one. What happened? Roderick Strong escaped with the North American title, I think. Yes, a long time ago. Right. So, oh, admittedly, it's the tribal chief, okay? It's a different kettle of fish. But... Paul Heyman strategizing, the wise man, with Roman Reigns, goes, remember in Saudi, Roman, LA Knight nearly beat you, and they, he wanted to beat you just to win the title. Now he's even more motivated, as mm -hmm. we've seen through all these video packages. All three men are incredibly motivated because of what the bloodline has done to them over yep. the years. So maybe that just gives him that added bit of momentum that, or maybe, you know, Jimmy or Solo aren't there. You lose the world title before WrestleMania at the Royal Rumble of all places. Same with uh, AJ Styles. He's just come back. He's got this new edge to him. And he's, you know, taking you to your limit in the past. Uh, Ro uh, Randy Orton. He's literally got a kill shot mm -hmm. that he can hit out of nowhere. And it'll take three seconds. And suddenly, you've lost everything. So, the way we do this is, yes, it seems dumb because now... Scott Steiner math. You've only got a 25% chance of leaving, and you don't have to be pinned, yep. don't forget, to lose the title. But they are so desperate individually to beat you, they will not allow the other one to take the title off you. Mm -hmm. And we can manipulate that, and we can control the interference that we always bloody have, and there's no DQs in a four-way. So we've got Solo Sakura and Jim Uso, just in case, as a sort of insurance policy. Roman Reigns is obviously leaving the Royal Rumble with uh, a world title, but it'll be enjoyable to not have a ref bump, presumably, that just automatically means, okay, here comes... I think it's going to be a case of they're all going to have Roman Reigns, or at least the match won, yeah. 
and someone's going to cost someone else. You're going to spin off, probably, I would assume, into a, an LA Knight AJ Styles feud, because obviously that was established mm-hmm. from the moment AJ Styles came back. Randy Orton's going to go off and do Randy Orton things, but look at the size of his arms. I want to see what he does next. Correct. But I think, and it may be, again, like I say, it may be reaching, bro, but I think this is actually incredibly clever in kayfabe from the bloodline. AJ Styles hits, after a grueling match where they've all had near falls on Roman, AJ Styles hits LA Knight with the Styles Clash, turns into an RKO out of nowhere, turns into a Superman punch. Roman Reigns stacks three of them like he stacked two oh, of them in WrestleMania for a three-way pin. And the messaging coming out of the, because uh, the match happens before the men's Royal Rumble, the messaging coming out of that title match is, Jesus Christ, he's just stacked three people. Nobody can stop Roman Reigns. Love it. Let us know your thoughts on SmackDown, though, on X at What Culture WWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Hamflit and Sidge will be here later on to preview Monday Night Raw. Me and Sidge are going to be reviewing AW Collision later. And the three of us will be live on YouTube, 2 p.m. UK time today, answering all your burning wrestling questions. And don't worry, if you're just listening as an audio medium, that will be out as an audio podcast later on this week as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Pamphlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.